Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Hi, Vinny. listeners. Today I got Chris Craddock. He is basically, if you're thinking about real estate, Chris has probably done it. You're talking about real estate, building a team, wholesaling, investing, coaching, a little bit of everything. It's great to have you on, Chris, and uh, thank you for for being here. Yeah, absolutely, bro. I'm glad to, glad to be here, glad to help, and uh, yeah, excited to spend some time with you. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, <clears throat> walk us through. I know you you wear a lot of hats. I know you have your hand in a lot of different things. I mean, if, if you're talking to someone, how would you describe yourself? How would you describe kind of what you're currently going through? Yes, yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, because you know you always want to be lead generating, right? But I would I would say I'm a, an entrepreneur in the real estate space um, because you know I'd say the majority of my income still comes from from my real estate team. Um, you know we'll we'll do about 600 transactions this year, a little right around 200 million in volume, a lot on market, a lot off market um, type stuff. But um, you know I've got 11 different streams of income. Um, you know my realty team, my title company. Uh, my insurance company, construction company, Legal Shield. My wife uh, has a, a lending organization. Um, oh man, hard money, uh, fix and flip, wholesale. Uh, I I just moved over to EXP, so we got an EXP downline uh, money coming in there, and then oh, and then a rental portfolio. So um, and I think and I'm sure I'm missing some other stuff too. But those are the things that I'll do. But but when you look at it, you know, people like the, the term vertical integration. When you look at it, it's all within the flywheel of, of real estate. And the, re the residential team just really feeds a lot of these different pieces. So, yeah, that's kind of what we, we're doing. Did you always know that you had a plan, like as a young Chris, to get into real estate or get into that, that window? You know, I was on, I graduated from college. I went on staff with an organization that I loved called Young Life. Loved Young Life, changed my life. And, uh, but, you know, when my wife got pregnant in 2003, um, you know, she was going to stay home with the kids and for 20, 25 grand a year, just cannot live on that in, uh, in the DC area. And so um, I went out to the library and checked out every book on real estate investing and started uh, knocking on doors of distressed properties. One of my my key phrases in life is uh, imperfect action trumps perfect inaction any day of the week, right? And so I just started knocking on doors of people that were distressed because I just followed what the books were telling me to do. And I did it. <clears throat> and somehow I made money and uh, made 12 times what I made in a year in about four months. And so I continued to do um, the ministry stuff. But then as I had more kids, I've got six now, which is kind of insane, but uh, six kids now. And um, as I had more kids, um, the money started running out. And so I started flipping houses again. And then I read Gary Keller's Millionaire Real Estate Agent book and saw that there was a, I, I just always love a color by number strategy. I saw there was a color by number strategy to get to um, a million dollar net profit. And so um, we ended up starting to build that in December, 2014. It took uh, four and a half years to to get to that place, you know, the million dollar net profit um, area with the with the real estate team, but um, but we got there, you know, and and just running hard and building that. And as we started building that, um, all the other pieces started to come into place. Now, uh, talking about when you first started reading the books, were you originally looking to get into investing, or what were your original plans? Uh, well, I saw that you know, you know, 
the, re the reality is everybody gets into real estate investing, um, believing that they're going to get rich quick. And so I thought I was going to get rich quick uh, by doing it. Now, I, don't get me wrong, four months making it, you know, about a quarter million dollars a year or quarter million dollars in about four months was was pretty crazy. And it was quick. But that was the whole idea. And, you know, now I look back and it's it's not about getting rich quick. You know, it's, it's about learning how to get be a better version of yourself. And so um, and then the money always follows. So that was that was kind of the idea i'm like where's the fastest way that and the easiest way to make money and in, in real estate to this day i still think is the easiest way to make money in the in this country well going back to the door knock and i, and I know i'm harping on it just the idea that you read the books you're door knocking basically distressed properties right for people that are listening right now what were your plans were your plans basically to take the property on or wholesale it out flip it i mean what were your original plans when you found that distressed property well, this was 2003. So it was before, I, I, I mean, people I'm sure were wholesaling stuff, but I'd never even heard of the term wholesaling or wholetailing or, or anything. I just knew flip, flipping properties. And, and back then you could, uh, you could buy a property that you, for, you were going to flip a, an investment property for 5% down because it was before the crash. And so, um, so yeah, what I did was, I, you know, I read all the books, started with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then all every other book they had. I mean, most of them are like titles that probably are just thrown away by now, but, um, but literally just said, go find people with pain. And so I went and I found newspapers, like literally hard newspapers at the library um, where they had a trustee sale list, people going to auction. And at the time, anybody going to auction had a lot of equity because it was before the crash. It's not like that anymore. But uh, I literally just went and knocked on doors. And I finally, I'll still remember the first one that I got. I knocked on the door. Um, the guy comes out and I saw him and a girl were sitting on his couch. It was this, uh, it was this townhouse. And him and his girl were sitting on his couch and the door was open. I was like, hey, I just was looking in the newspaper here. I pulled out the newspaper and uh, it shows that you have a, uh, an auction in about uh, 45 days. Um, just want to see if you had a plan for it, you know, because I'd love to buy your house otherwise. And the guy was like, he literally looks at me all, all scared, like, you know, deer in headlights, steps out the door and uh, closes the door behind him. He's like, listen, I do want to sell this house, but my girl has no idea that I'm in financial trouble. I don't want to talk about it right now. Here, let me give you my phone number. Call me in four hours. So literally he gave me his phone number. I called him. And then when I realized he wanted to do, when he wanted to do it, I was like, holy crap. I don't even have a contract. I'm not a real estate license. I like, like, I don't even know how to draw up a contract. What do I do here? You know, and again, it's like perfect, you know, imperfect action. So I found somebody, but then I didn't even know what to do. And the books didn't have any contracts or anything. So I called a real estate agent friend of mine and I was like, Hey, uh, how about this? You write up the contract. You help me figure this out and we'll split this deal 50, 50. And he was like, okay, I'm in. So we did a, a couple of deals together like that, you know, and, and little did I know that that was, called a JV or a joint venture relationship. You find somebody that has the experience and you know, you bring the deal and then you just split the deal. But so I, I accidentally JV'd on a deal. And then here's the crazy thing. We got into it and the house didn't need much work. And we knew that we could literally just put it back on the market and make a bunch of money. And I found the next deal, but I didn't have the money to fund the next deal. So we, uh, so we put the next deal under contract way out, like, like 70 day, days out. And we did a wholesale deal, which I didn't even know there was any such thing as a wholesale deal. But literally, we're like, my buddy just said, hey, if we put this back on the market right now, we're going to make, I don't know what it was, like 40 grand if we just don't do anything to it and just put it back on the market. Let's do it. And so we just put it back on the market, made our money, moved that money into the next deal. And then, you know, that was the start of, of what we did there.
I mean, now I'm assuming the first house that you knocked on wasn't the first house that basically said, yes, there's probably other ones that said, no, leave me alone, get out of here. When those they times came about, yeah, <laughs> I know. I've door knocked NODs. I've done that kind of stuff. Just I, I got a gun pull at me once. So I can, I can appreciate you doing that. I mean, what, what drove you to, to, to knock when you got that rejection? Well, here's the deal. I mean, you know, I, I, I love the term corporate athlete, right? Like I, I believe that I'm a, I'm a corporate athlete. You know, I, I played soccer, I, I wrestled and uh, played rugby in college. Right. And so, um, you know, you cannot be a successful athlete if you don't have success and you don't keep going. Right. I, like I coached high school soccer and high school golf for years. And, and I'll tell you the ones that were, were the kids that I really loved were the ones that when you made them do wind sprints, they stopped, they, they ran all the way through, but the ones that ended up two, two steps short, and then they started slowing down. Those were the ones that I knew were not going to do well, unless they learned how to change their mindset and, and get better. And so uh, the same thing is true. You know, it's just a mindset of, of success. And the reality is um, if you can, if you can keep going when you get beat up, then you can win. But if, if you want only sunshine and roses, then sales isn't the business for you. Go get a job working nine to five and you know, yeah, that's, that's it. Now you're, you're, you're building, you're, you're building the platform. You're, you're building this uh, investment business. What, what comes next? Is it getting your real estate license? Is it getting to wholesaling or what comes next after that? Yeah. So I made a bunch of money and then I, I continued doing ministry stuff. And then, um, you know, with six kids, you know, the money just starts running out real fast. And I didn't have six kids at the time, but I had like, as we were getting, my family was growing and so I knew I needed to make more money. So I was doing like all these weird side jobs, um, you know, literally helping my buddy own a carpet business, like tear out uh, flooded basement carpet, you know, just all these things. And I'm like, why am I doing all this stuff? This is, you know, now it's like 2010, 2011. And uh, I'm like, I need to go back into real estate. So I go back in, but at this point now, everything's a short sale. But I, I learned that with short sales, the banks are, are accepting way low at the time, you know, now they don't do it anymore. But, um, so I started putting short sales under contract, you know, I got a real estate license friend doing it for me and he was making a commission on it because like you couldn't negotiate with the bank to just take 3% less like you could with a seller or 6% less like you could with a seller. So I'm like, well, I need to get my real estate license. So I went and got my real estate license just so I could get paid on my own short sales. And, um, you know, I go back to school. I'd always led large groups of people. Um, you know, I, I actually have a doctorate in leadership. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I just realized I'm like, man, this is this is great. I got my real estate license. And then a buddy of mine uh, was trying to recruit me to KW and Keller Williams. And he gave me the millionaire real estate agent book and I saw it. And that was that was where it just made so much sense to me. I'm like, dang, I, I I see a path, right? And and that's the way my brain works. Is if I don't don't see a path, if there's fog, then I can't I can't put energy to it. So just like the flipping, I saw the path, what I needed to do, and then I ran after it as hard as I could. Um, even though I didn't have all the information I needed, I didn't even know how to write a contract for Pete's sake. Um, but the same thing was true when I read the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. I saw the path immediately. I saw how, you know, Zig Ziglar says you can have everything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want in life. And I was like, I can make a lot of people really wealthy and I can also make a lot of money by building a team here. So that's what we started doing, started building it. We started hitting a, uh, a glass ceiling a couple years in. And then I realized um, a mentor of mine said, okay, Chris, here's the deal. Um, you can work really, really, really hard and you can get a couple more deals every month. Um, or you can find a couple relationships, key relationships, 
where that relationship can bring in five deals, 10 deals, 50 deals, 100 deals, and you can really build out a team. And uh, and so we were already building out a team, but it was more sphere based, you know. And and so when when I saw that, I realized, okay, where can I go to get lots and lots of leads? And I was like, well, I can go to builders because they have lots of leads, or I can go to an investor, like somebody like a we buy houses type investor. And so that's what I did. Um, and I helped them make a lot of money by monetizing the deals they couldn't flip or wholesale. And, uh, and then also our team grew because I got, took a ton of listings and everybody that knows, you know, Keller Williams leads listings leverage, right? That's the millionaire real estate agent. And so I knew how to do, uh, listings because of my like leading people. I understood leverage and I I've helped a lot of people scale their businesses because I just understand that instinctively. And I spend a lot of time on that, uh, learning and growing. And I, I've got a bunch of books I can point towards, but then listings, where do the listings come from? And I'm sorry, my dog is, uh, is old now and he's like an old man who says tells everybody to get off his lawn so um, <laughs> we're actually building a uh a house that was supposed to be up but because of supply chain issues it's so frustrating where i've got my my office we've literally put, like soundproof the whole office with the six kids and the dog and everything else so that i can do it but we're let, here now <laughs> let me rewind a little bit so you talked about okay the then investing when you're doing your own and then you weren't making enough money so you had to do odd odd jobs what basically pushed you out of, or what was that driving force of actually pushing you out of the investing to do the odd job? Cause you're making good money on there, door knocking. What was that? Well, well, here's the deal. I made a bunch of money um, in like literally in four months, I just made a ton of cash. But at the time I was just called a ministry. I, I love ministry. It was great. So, you know, I made like literally right around a quarter million dollars. And, um, and so then I just, I was like, listen, this is, this is enough for me to continue doing ministry. It funds my ministry stuff. And, you know, so I kept doing ministry stuff at that, that point in time. So I stepped back from all the other stuff there, all the investment stuff and just continued doing ministry stuff until, um, until the money started running out. What do you remember? Were you married at the time or had your, okay. Well, yeah, the whole reason I, the whole reason I was doing the real estate investment stuff is because my wife had gotten pregnant and I, and she was going to stay home. And like, I was making 20, $25,000 a year. I just couldn't, I, I couldn't support a family on that. So what was her feedback or thoughts on it when you're saying, hey, I'm making good money over the investment thing. I think we have enough to to go back to the ministry. I can focus on that. I mean, what was hers, her feedback on the whole idea? Well, we both were, were in complete agreement and complete accord. You know, we loved, I mean, literally, I mean, for me, just just making an impact in people's lives has, has always been something I care about. That's why I did ministry stuff. Like my life, I mean, was just changed dramatically because I had a guy that kind of came into my, I mean, I was a mess as a, as a high schooler and I had a guy that came into my life, taught me what it was to be a man and taught me, you know, I mean, I'd be dead or in jail right now if it wasn't for, for my young life leader, like no doubt, like I'm an all in kind of guy, as you, you can probably hear. And I was all in for some stuff that was going to get me in a lot of trouble, including like the FBI showing up at my house when I was in eighth grade. So, um, so, you know, it just meant so much to me that I wanted to, I, I really care about that. I wanted to give back to other people and, and really helping out. Um, I, I would be doing a, a disservice to all the listeners right now if I didn't ask what happened in eighth grade with the FBI. All right, brother, you ready for the, like, this is, it's go big and go stupid is, is what I was like as a 13 year old eighth grader, which is just so crazy. So my best friend, we're entrepreneurs and you know, what can you sell and make a lot of money when you're, you know, you can sell illegal things and make a lot of money. Well, we needed our seed money for that. And so his best friend or his dad was an FBI agent and his, his dad was, um, he just sat at a desk. Um, so he was like, you know what? 
and we were hanging out with some really, really, you know, moronic other guys. And so there was one of the, these guys, he was in high school, we were in eighth grade. He was a junior in high school who said something about wanting to get a gun. And so my, my buddy's like, dude, we could take my dad's gun because he just sits at a desk. He doesn't need it anyway. We can sell it. And literally we sold his gun for like 300 bucks to some like idiot junior in high school. And yeah. So if you steal guns from the, a gun from the FBI, they're going to figure out who stole it. So I still remember Easter morning, like literally it was Easter morning, right? I get bang, bang, bang on my door. And uh, I look out my window and I see all these guys in suits all fanned out in my front yard. And my mom like freaks out, freaks out. And, you know, yeah, long story short, uh, we ended up like it was, you know, my buddy ended up on probation. I ended up somehow getting like we got we got the gun back. And, you know, so we got out of uh, some of the serious trouble we could have gotten in. But um, but that was the kind of stuff I was into and, and some of the stupid decisions that I was making. And, uh, you know, just I'll tell you, when when you deal with a kid like that, who who was really going to go into a bad place really fast and able to get, you know, clarity in my life. I mean, I just I wanted to give back and I wanted to do that. So I really enjoyed it. How did that, that mentor of, of yours give you clarity? How did they kind of get to you? If- well, yeah. So what happened was um, I started going to Young Life and, uh, um, you know, I went to camp that summer and, you know, for like, you know, I don't want to get into like too far into the weeds on this, but the reality was um, as a kid who, you know, I went to church on Christmas and Easter, but, you know, I like I, everything dealing with faith just seems so foreign to me, so boring, so just out of touch. And all of a sudden I saw that, you know, we were created to have life and that that you could have a lot of, of joy and peace and and that your life could be so much bigger and so much better. And, and also understanding uh, who you were created to be, because I wasn't living in my own skin. I wasn't being who I was created to be. And so when, you know, when I learned who, who I was created to be and that, you know, the creator of the universe wants to have a relationship with me and created me specifically for a purpose, like all of a sudden, you know, my life my life changed and, and, and the, everything inside of me changed. My, my motivations changed. I mean, I'm still not perfect. I still make a lot of stupid decisions, but, uh, but the reality is, you know, when, when that happened, my man, it, it just, all of a sudden I just had clarity to my life. And then, you know, because, you know, my family was a little bit like, they all love me, but it was still a mess. Um, you know, being able to have a man like show me how to be a good man and, and treat people well, like that was just so powerful to me, like to give me mentorship and training and like, you know, this is how you live a life, you know, this is how you live your life. It, it was just powerful. And I, I, it was so powerful to me that I wanted to do that for other people. And so you're, you're building your business and you're growing, you've kind of changed, you're looking to kind of give back. When did the idea of, I want to help other people get to where I know you're doing with the team, but also now you're doing it with a, a wider, wider audience where you're doing it with your wholesaling and your other businesses. Yeah. So, you know, I coached high school soccer and golf for forever when I was doing ministry stuff. And even after some of the ministry stuff, like I've always loved to help people. That's just been something that I, I like to do. I mean, that's why I went into ministry in general. And so I guess it was a couple of years ago, I realized, um, what we do with investors is is very special and lots of people go and talk to investors but the reality is you just can't close deals unless you follow a certain script a certain program a certain system and so what we do i think is really special and and it literally blows up an agent's business in a really good way 
Um, it, it blows up an agent's business in, in a great way, um, but it also helps the investor make a lot of money. Like I literally, one of our investors that my team, my team literally sends about $60,000 a month in referral fees to one of these investors, you know, for on and off market deals. Um, so there, it changed their life. I mean, three quarters of a million dollars for deals that were sitting dead in their database. But also for us, if we can do that many extra deals every single month and listings make babies. So really builds out our business because we get referrals on listings. We get buyers that come from it and uh, and we're able to bring in and feed more agents. I mean, it, it literally helps us to scale and really hypercharge our business. Listings make babies. I never heard that before. I love it. Uh, now, building building your brand, building your your business. Where do you think has been the the biggest jump, the biggest struggle? Because you you kind of talked about it going through. Hey, from here to here, here to here, it's been kind of straightforward. Is there anything anything you really kind of had to really struggle with, or kind of work oh, through? Yeah, I mean, it, just everything's a struggle, right? Every time you go to a new level, you know, I always talk about this. You you know, going from zero to twenty five transactions. That's just I mean, straight, I know people don't like to hear this. If, if, if we're talking to real estate agents, um, zero to 25, that's just a hard work issue, right? Like you're just not working hard enough if you're not doing 25 deals. And I know somebody's going to be pissed off at me for saying that, but you just need to make more calls. That's that's it, right? Um, from 25 to 50 or 75, that's where you need to have leverage, where you bring in an assistant that really starts to do things that you shouldn't be doing anymore. Um, and then from 75 to about 125. So um, there's, there's, I don't do many one-on-one, uh, much one-on-one -on -one coaching just because I'm just going to be honest. I feel like most of it's babysitting where you tell people to do stuff and they don't, don't want to do it. Um, but I do just a little bit, you know, when <laughs> I've been talked into a couple and one of my favorite one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching clients, um, literally they're, they're six months in and they're trending to do about 200 transactions uh, in the next 12 months. And it's because they they just did everything we talked about. They they built out the leverage. They worked on the things that they need to do. They use their these type of listing deals to really scale out the rest of it. Um, and, and they understand like your pay grade, whatever you make, like if you make $100,000 a year, your pay grade is $50 an hour. So anything you're doing less than $50 an hour, you need to get off your plate and hire somebody to do it. Anything you're doing more than $50 an hour, you need to spend more time doing that kind of stuff. And so that's that's how you scale your business is you understand what you're, what you're worth, which your worth is what you get paid. That's what the marketplace is paying you. And, and so you need to start doing things at a higher value and start getting rid of the stuff at the lower value. And when you do that, that's how you can create leverage and that's how you build out and scale a business. So I think this, it's a really, really simple way of looking at it is looking at basically how you're going to make per hour. And then, yeah, I mean, it's a really basic way and I, and I love it. Um, if we're talking, Chris, in five years from now, where is Chris going to be? Where are your brand going to be? Where's your business going to be? Well, you know, we've, we've got a couple expansion locations. I, I'll tell you, um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to have 50 expansion locations, all netting a million dollars a year. And, um, you know, all the different pieces that we have, I think that's, that's huge. Um, I'm really level six and a half. If you're a, a MREA person, millionaire real estate agent person, which means that I don't really need to work in my business, but I choose to work, work on my business because I love it. And I love my people there. Um, but you know, I, I love helping people, right? Like that's, that's what I like to spend most of my time doing is helping people. And I want to figure out ways to continue to do that. So, so are you, don't, don't worry about the dog. I hear you. Uh, question. Um, so, so you work in your business. Are you 
mean, what are you doing on, uh, I guess, a, a daily basis, a weekly basis? What does your, your routine usually look like? Yeah. So, um, so I wake up in the mornings and, you know, I think my morning routine is one of the most powerful tools, uh, powerful things that, uh, changed, um, is, uh, you know, I wake up in the morning, I write down my goals, right? You got to interact with your goals. If you feel a malaise, if you feel like you're, you're not motivated, it's because you feel like your goals are like, you're, they're just too far away. So you need to really interact with your goals, right? I'm a Christian guy. So I read my Bible every morning, um, to feed myself spiritually. I work out every morning so that I have the energy to, to go forward and do what I need to do. Brandon Bouchard, his book, high performance habits says that uh, a high performer creates energy and imparts that energy to others. So I do that, but I also, I'm listening and reading and leveling up every single day, somewhere between a half hour to an hour minimum every day. Um, so those are the things that I'm doing there. Um, and you're asking like, like the rest of my day. So, um, I've, here's one of the ways that I've, I've really grown is I found, I, I have four areas that I believe are my genius zones and I've worked to get any areas that are outside of my genius zones out and, and only live in my genius zone. And so if I do that, um, I, I really enjoy my life a lot more and I feel like I, I add value to those in my world a lot more. And so that's the other piece is as my world grows, as my world expands and gets bigger then uh, then the people that are in my world also have much bigger opportunity. And the second my world stops expanding, they hit a glass ceiling and high talent people are going to go find another place to live. Make your bubble bigger than uh, uh, their bubble. Absolutely. They can support it. Absolutely. If you, if you could look back at that young kid, just like that mentor, I guess, helped you out. Is there any other advice that you'd give to that young kid yourself? Yeah. Um, so every, every, I, I had to do a life map for one of my masterminds. And uh, I saw every area I've leveled up has always coincided with new relationships that have been brought into my life. Always, like, like always. What I would have done is uh, said, hey, um, just be relentless to find people that are, are thinking way bigger than you are and just get in their world. That's, that's the big thing, you know, right now I'll tell you if, if I had billionaire friends, I'd probably be on pace to be a billionaire. Right. Um, Dave Ramsey says it best. He's like, when I, when I hung out with hundred heirs, I was a hundred heir. When I hung out with thousand heirs, I was a thousand heir. When I hung out with millionaires, I'm a millionaire. And he's like, now I'm, I'm working to hang out with billionaires. So I think like billionaires and it's 100% the truth is who you hang out with. It gets rid of the fog for the next level. And it, and it shows you that you can think a lot bigger. Right. So that's that's the big key there is is be relentless to hang out with people that are thinking bigger than you are. Well, I mean, if someone's listening right now and they want to hear more about your business, they want to work with you, they want to work with one of your 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 team members or your coaching, whatever it might be. What's the best way of them following you, reaching you? What's the best way? Yeah. So the average podcast listener listens to seven podcasts. You know, obviously, keep listening to this. Um, I've got a podcast for agent investors, and uh, it's called Uncommon Real Estate. So jump on there. I'd love to be one of your seven. Um, and so that's one. Number two, uh, when I first started, I, I, anybody, I liked their vibe, I would reach out to them. And, uh, and, and honestly, I couldn't believe how many people would respond to me and spend their time talking to me or, or just, you know, message back and forth with me. So I've decided that I'm going to respond to every Instagram post, at least for now. Um, every Instagram post that somebody posts or DM that anybody sends me. So if you go to my Instagram at cradrock, C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K, um, I'll respond to any Instagram posts that anybody, uh, anybody sends me, um, you know, any way that I can help on that front. And, uh, and then if you're interested in the, the revive program, if you're an investor or, um, working to build that agent investor stuff, 
Um, you can just go to my website, just my name, chriscraddock.com. Not like my Instagram handle, which is a cheesy high school nickname at Cradrock, R-O-C-K. I need to change that because it's so cheesy and nasty. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. Uh, but uh, just my name, chriscraddock.com is the, uh, um, the way to get me there. Well, thank you, Chris, for being on the Roach Growth Podcast. Thank you for, for being here and giving a lot of insight of this. I mean, you gave, a, I think, a quick, not easy, but a quick roadmap of kind of your life. And I think anyone listening right there, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Do the activities, lead, give value. Um, so I, I appreciate you being here. Hopefully everyone listening got some great nuggets out of it. Uh, thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.